Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Doesn't that get you in the mood for the 6 o'clock kickoff on Saturday night? Uh, the night's coming over to New Zealand to take on the one New Zealand Warriors. Sold out in 30 minutes. 30 minutes it's sold out in. And stay listening because we've got a double pass to give away across the station. Um, we'll get, give you a cue to text in for that. One of the legends of the Newcastle Knights uh, from the beautiful town of Cessnock. Uh, how many games? 215 games in total. 190 of them for the Knights, 25 for the London Broncos. Bill Peden uh, joins us now, Bill. Uh, fantastic to have you on the show over here in New Zealand. Um, it's such an exciting weekend for us. I hope it is for people in Newcastle as well. Yeah, good afternoon, Steph. Yeah, it definitely is, mate. Um, I probably understand what you guys are feeling over there. We had a similar feeling here last week, and uh, it's certainly something special. And, uh, you know, I think I really think the New Zealand public deserve this, you know, with all the, the sort of disrupted preparations and and not any home games during the COVID period. So I think it's a, it's a well-deserved thing for the New Zealand people. From what you've seen, Bill, like you've been around the Newcastle club a long, long time, this this mid-season charge that they've made, uh, 10 in a row, um, it's it's on the coattails, I think, a bit of Kalen Ponga, but similar to your days, like the Johns boys got, got the headlines, same as in yachting, the skipper gets the accolades, but it's the grinders and the sail trimmers that allowed them to steer the boat. It's the same with this Knights team. I see a lot of similarities between this Knights team and the one you were a part of. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the workers in the middle, you, you talk about the freaky skills of Carlin Ponger and the Johns brothers back in the day, but that doesn't happen unless the, the people like your Tyson Frizzells, your, your Safidi brothers, uh, you know, those sort of players, if they're, if they're not doing their job, then uh, then the brilliance doesn't get to show out. And, and in return, those hard workers, when they, they, when they pull their head out of a hard tackle or, or out of a scrum, and see see one of those lads putting the ball down under the post. It's it's reward for effort, you know what I mean. So um, it is. There's definitely that sort of case. And and Kalen had to overcome a lot in the in the the start of the year, you know, with the head knock saga and and you know he was he was under quite a bit of pressure for performing and and he certainly turned that around and uh, you know he's he's like the king of the town at the moment. We had uh, Felix Crossland on our rugby league show yesterday, running it straight. He he was a half. He's now in the Newcastle nine jersey, the same one you wore. What have you made of his progress? Um, it's a funny one, actually. It's very it's a very similar path to to the great Danny Bedieris, you know. So, um, you know, Phoenix has been tremendous and really grown into the role and. It's, uh, he, he's, I'm actually reasonably close to Phoenix and knowing quite well. So 
it's uh, it's really good to see him evolve into to such a quality hooker and and it, and and that service from dummy half gives those other players the opportunity to do what they need to do. So that helps create space further out. There's like the old pebble in the pond, you know, if it's done right in the middle, then the, the waves go further out and things happen. So, you know, it's uh, it's great to see and it's going to be an exciting contest. you got some real hard grafting tradesmen through the middle of the park there, Bill, um, but your back five are excitement machines. they got a lot of points in them. They certainly have, you know. You know, I'd like to give Blake Leo Thompson a big rap. You know, he's come to the club and and wasn't well known before this season and really come on and, and done great jobs in the middle. But like you say, the back five, you got Kalen, you got Dom Young, you got Greg Marju. They they're doing things that that just other people can't do. A couple of weeks ago, Dom Dom Young scored a try. I think I think he got flipped over as as he was doing it. It's one of the most <laughs> athletic things I've ever seen. So, um, you know, that's that's great to see and and it's good for the for the people watching the game to see athleticism like that. And, and obviously the Warriors boys have got plenty in spades as well, you know, so it looks like uh, being a really exciting contest. Um, we will talk more about the game coming up on Saturday, but I, I love nostalgia. Our listeners love nostalgia and tipping our hat to what's gone on before because what's happening with Newcastle doesn't happen with 20 years of, of building or 25 or 30 years, whatever it is. Um, and go all the way back to Cessnock, and it's quite famous that that's where the Johns boys are from, but it's where you're from as well. Can, can, can you talk to me about the relationship between Cessnock and Newcastle? Um, well, Cessnock's a small mining community, probably an hour's drive out of Newcastle, so a real blue-collar area and a, a very strong rugby league uh, nursery. So, you know, we uh, we all grew up, um, and probably back then there there wasn't re- there wasn't a night, so we we sort of grew up, you know, worshipping our Cessnock Goanna players, you know. So it was <laughs> sort of it was a funny old situation. And then when the Knights came in, you know, I think Chief Harrigan's famously quoted as saying, "We could actually then." You know, playing the best competition with from our own beds. You know what I mean. So we get we're given the opportunity then, without having to move to Sydney, to be able to play against the best in the business. So it's uh you know it's certainly a long way from Cessnock to the to the heights of the NRL, but uh, you know it's a path that was trodden by a few before us, and probably Matthew Johns was the first one, and, and was a bit of a trailblazer for the rest of us to do that. You know. Can you can you describe to us Kiwis? bush footy we hear about it a lot um the strength of it um and just just the commitment you make to it because as as you just alluded to you you your ambition was the Cessnock team um and at the age of 24 you did get uh, into an NRL kind of setup can, can you give us the structure and what it looks like bush footy um I suppose I can I can tell you from my situation there were you know you always strove to play for the Newcastle side which was obviously we didn't have the Knights and and then obviously the countryside but uh, uh, from there it was just a, a really sort of hard sort of competition there was it was probably a little bit more uh, there was a, the rules were probably a little bit easier to bend back those in those days <laughs> um, in terms of violence and all that sort of stuff which was you know it was um it's just a, it's an exciting game, you know. Like it's, it's passionate and it's tribal, and and obviously, people from the New Zealand w- would understand exactly how proud you can be of your region, you know. And and mm. that's 
that's sort of how it is. It's that pride in in where you come from and 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 sort of representing your area. So um, I'm sure that'll be on show on the weekend. Was it hard to get a look in back in those days? Like the scouts are much more prolific nowadays. We have NRL scouts at our rugby union school games over here, and they're picked up very very young. Was it was it hard for a lad from Cessnock to get noticed? It, well, it was particularly, I suppose, for me. I, I was uh, very much a late mature, you know. I, I didn't physically grow into what I was until early twenties, and and back then, if you weren't in a junior system, it was very hard to to get an opportunity at a at a Sydney club or an NRL franchise. So it was it, it just was it was an awkward progression for me, I suppose. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I think, what do they say, you're more likely to become a brain surgeon than you are an NRL player. There's more jobs out there, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is certainly a competitive industry and, you know, as the pay packets get better, then obviously more people want to do it and, and you know, come across, you know, obviously people cross codes and, and different sports and all that sort of stuff, you know. So, um, you know, you look at um, some of the New Zealanders that have come across to, to rugby from the from rugby union to rugby league. You know, it's it's, a, it's like a who's who of like some of the greatest athletes of all time. You know what I mean? Yeah, and th- there was a real there were some marquee players that you you were a part of. We talked about the Johns. We talked about yourself, and I think back to great Knights players like um, Robbie O'Davis, um, Tamana Tahu. You've had some some real individuals with flair and points of difference. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've been really blessed over the years to have some, some and some real characters, you know, like Robbie O lives larger than the game. You know, he, he was, uh, he was tremendous. You know, one of, he was one of those guys that you, you pull your head out of a scrum and he's putting a ball down under the post. And just, <laughs> wow. How did he do that? You know, and Tamana was uh, just power and, and speed and grace and, you know, and then sort of later we had blokes like Aku Uate, you mm. know, who was who was amazing, you know, in terms of athleticism, and and Darren Albert who scored the try in the '97 winning grand final. You know, I don't think I've ever seen anyone run as fast. So, and now we have our we have our Caitlin Pong, you know, who's I, I said on radio yesterday, I don't think I've ever seen anyone move as well as with his balance and hip strength and speed. I don't think I've seen anyone move as well as Kaelin ever. Interesting thing, you're part of two grand final wins, 97 and 2001, and that's not that far apart, but there was only five of you, Andrew Johns, yourself, Robbie O, who we've talked about, Mad Dog McDougall, who I think does protein powder now or something like that, and um, Mark Hughes, who's left a real mark on, on the game as well. It's, it's Did you have a high turn? over between titles it was it was a real transition period uh, I suppose there was a few guys getting to the end of their the end of the lead so to speak by the end of 97 and coming towards 2000 and and in 2000 we had a really good side we had blokes like David Fairley had come to the club uh, Peter Shields Matty Johns was still there and that that was probably the most talented side I actually played in for the night so uh, and we fell one game short of the grand final which was you know incredibly disappointing and then we had a turnover after that a few of those boys I know uh, Matty Johns particularly Dave Fairley Peter Shields went to England so there was a bit of a turnover um, and we we had a change of coach from 2000 to 2001 we had Warren Ryan who was a, a great technician and and really helped us with the technical side of the game and then then we uh, then we evolved into Michael Hagen's coaching style, which was which was a really good management 
sort of style of coaching. He, he made sure he individualised things and made sure people worked to their best of their ability um, within the group. So with that sort of coaching coupled with um, the technical aspects from, from old Warren was uh, was really a, a great recipe for us to move on and, and win the grand final in 2001. So I suppose, yeah, it, it was a, a natural progression, but it was, uh, it was I suppose, a masterstroke from the board. Back in your era too, there were some amazing matchups and some big, big men like Lazarus Sirin and um, Blocker Roach. But one of the matchups I used to love was Spud Carroll, Paul Harrigan. Chief Harrigan is the king of the Newcastle Knights to me, just from his leadership and his never-say-die type attitude. What was he like? How inspirational a teammate was he for you? Oh, Chief was amazing. He was like, uh, well, he still is. He, he's like your big brother, you know. If you if you can imagine if you're in, in the fight of your life and you wanted someone with you, it'd be your big brother. And if that big brother's Chief, I'll tell you what, you're doing all right. That's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of those clashes with him and Spud, they used to make the grandstand shake. You know, and it was uh, it was uh, it was something to behold. And I think once or twice I actually had to go on for Chief when him and Spud had had a bit of a set to. <laughs> you're jogging on the field thinking, my God, what am I getting myself into? You know. So, but uh, he, he was certainly one of those ones. That's, he, he's a very protective character and and would do anything for his mates. And, um, you know, it's, he's just such a loyal person, and uh, and something that 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 I suppose is I don't I suppose it's rare, you know, uh, to be that sort of physically gifted and and have that mindset as well. So, um, yeah, we were certainly proud to have him on board, and and yeah, we we're fortunate to have played with him. We we know that the game has evolved a lot, and probably off field has evolved a lot. There's some very famous scenes of a particular John's brother post one of those grand final wins, uh, <laughs> having been um, rehydrating quite feverishly. Um, you got a couple of tries in the 2001 grand final win. Um, with, the, with the benefit of time, um, you can tell us how the celebrations went for one Bill Peden. Yeah, it was good times. Like you say, back then it was a little bit more, it wasn't frowned upon to have a beer as much, so... Um, yeah, I, I, we always joke about the, particularly the first one in 97, it was the first one from the region. So, uh, the whole region sort of partied along with us. And <laughs> I think, you know, everywhere we went, we, we were getting free beers up until about the Tuesday or Wednesday. And, and by the Wednesday, you go to, you go to a local establishment and it'd be like, oh no, here they come again. <laughs> so, it was, <laughs> so it was good for the first bit, but then, uh, you know, they, they let us know when we'd worn our welcome out. Um, Newcastle is, is a rugby league stronghold. Um, we've had people texting and asking, uh, are you still involved with the club? Are you st- still in the area? And what are you doing with yourself nowadays? Um, yeah, I still live local. I still live in Newcastle. Um, I, I work locally at the, the local coal ladder in, in on the port of Newcastle. So, um, And I sporadically help out at the club. I, I worked for the club for a little while as a strength and conditioning coach, but... Uh, but yeah, I moved out of the coaching ranks and, and into the into heavy industry. So um, yeah, it's just it's nice to still be involved and and I think it, as far as Newcastle goes, we feel like it's more of a club rather than uh, more of a family rather than a club. Mm. So um, once once you're part of that family, you you're in for for good, you know. So it was uh, it, 
we sort of feel like that that's part of our family and we'll, we'll be involved forever if, if needed. You know, if we're tapped on the shoulder and asked to help out, we certainly will. Yeah, and I get the feeling, I, I put this to someone last week, that while Newcastle's in New South Wales, it is not Sydney. No, and, and that's what we, we'd like to think that we do have a point of difference to, to the Sydney clubs. Um, you know, we're a little bit more, and very much like the New Zealand Warriors, we're, mm. we, we have our own sort of culture and style and we, we do di- things differently, you know, just as, as you guys over there do things differently to, to us Aussie guys, you know, so it's uh, it's something to be proud of and, and, w- and we enjoy their, our point of difference. Yeah, I do feel like there's the similarity between the, the Knights and the Warriors. Actually, that's who it was I was talking to, was a couple of hosts of a podcast, a, a, a Newcastle Knights podcast, and they are feverishly supported, and I love chatting to them. Um, we're talking to Bill Peden. Before we go, we will have one more look at this one. Um, what's the key for Newcastle, do you think, this weekend? Where They may have fallen down in areas against Canberra. What, what have they got to do to take on the Wires? I think it's all upstairs. I think um, if you look back at the Canberra game, they made a couple of uncharacteristic errors, and I think that was the occasion. Uh, it's been the last couple of weeks they've they've had the occasion of a sold-out crowd, and and their uh, the, all the attention was on them. Whereas I think it might even help help them that they're going into a, a hostile environment, and you know they're going to be the bad guys this week, which is uh, which probably will take a little bit of pressure off. Um, you know, probably put it onto the, the shoulders of the Warriors, which uh, I think might help some of our younger boys. And then obviously, you know, we, we need Caelan to play his best and, you know, we need our, the Safiti boys to get us forward, you know, against a very physical New Zealand pack. So I just think it's going to be an absolute blockbuster. Mm. And, and, you know, we had some fantastic scenes of, of atmosphere and theatre uh, over here last week, I think we'll see exactly the same, or you know, and mirror image over in New Zealand because we all, we all know how how passionate the New Zealand people are and proud of their their race and their country. And you know, I just I can't wait to be honest. Do you do you see any weaknesses in the Warriors that the Knights could exploit? Look, I think they're just really strong across the park. I think I, I'm a little bit worried for. For Sean Johnson, you know, calf injuries aren't the easiest thing to get over. Mm. So I think, you know, depending on whether he plays, if he does play, if he gets through, you know, I think probably if he does play and does hurt it at some stage, that could be very disruptive for, for the Warriors. Um, but generally across the park, they've been outstanding all year and it's a, and it's a real credit to them where they are now in the situation to be fortunate enough to have a home semi um, this close to the grand final. So, uh, look, I think it's a really big task for the Knights, um, but one that, you know, obviously being from Newcastle, I hope they can stand up to, but it's it's certainly going to be a challenge. And lastly, looking ahead to the grand final, um, even the biggest Warriors fans are sort of conceding it looks like it's going to be Brisbane and Penrith. Can, can you see anything other than those two and also your eventual winner? Look, I think, yeah, obviously, they're the two favourites, um, you know, I think both of those sides will be looking over their shoulders to this game at, at Mount Smart this weekend. I think they'll, they'll be worried if who, whoever wins this game because they're battle hard and they've got momentum and, they, and they've got and they've got plenty of talent across the park. But um, I think if it does come down to it, you know, the Panthers are a tremendous side. But uh, you know, I think Brisbane are a team on the up, and I, and I think if if it was a, a Brisbane and Panthers grand final, I think that that probably Brisbane might cause an upset.
Well, Bill Peden, it's been an absolute uh, delight to chat to you today. I, I, I never, it's never lost on me the people that create the building blocks that have developed such a brilliant product for us to enjoy. Now, you're a big part of that. You're a big part of Newcastle, and uh, I agree with you. It's going to be a rip snorer of a game this Saturday. No, really appreciate you chatting to us here in New Zealand. My pleasure, and all the best. There he is, Bill Peden, two-time Premiership winner with the Newcastle Knights, uh, 97 and 2000. And one, and I mean what I say when, when I mention that um, you know Joey Johns and Paul Harrigan, they they got the accolades, but without the likes of Bill Peden, and he was one of five that won both of those grand finals. Um, you don't win grand finals without without your crew, peddling the pedals, working the grinders. Fantastic chat with Bill Peden. We'll come back after a short break. <laughs> 